Welcome to the show. Today we're going to talk about the New Hampshire primary. This is the second episode of probably a billion or two. I don't know. What is, how, many, how many does Rogan have these days, Tom? You, you a Rogan guy? I'm not a Rogan guy. Uh, you've, you've been trying to convert me for, for, for months. Actually, probably longer than that. And, you know, something about the jujitsu and the... Of all of it, it's the jujitsu. Or the that's herbal what, supplements. Yeah, or the that's what I'm talking theories. about. Uh, I, not looking down, I mean, the man makes quite the show, but it's, uh, it's not my general cup of tea. Uh, as you see from right now, I'm more of a Miller Lite guy, uh, depending on the day. Sometimes I go for a crisp claw, crisp claw. Nothing more refreshing than one of those mango claws, I got to tell you. We're not sponsored by White Claw. Maybe one day. Hear this? White Claw. I would love to run ads for you for <laughs> money. Not for free. Thomas, that's enough. White Claw talk. The only thing we do for free here is Budweiser. Uh, what about this crisp, refreshing... A fine Pilsner beer, it says. Fine Pilsner beer. A Miller Lite. You can write whatever you want on a can. Uh, but what if it's true? Well, they're not going to write, you know, um, yellow, watery, bodily fluid in a can. Well, they, they prefer to just spell light wrong, you know? <laughs> uh, L-I-T-E, is this some, like, old English type stuff? Because, like, old English itself is a beer, you know? Old English is a beer. Do you ever drink old style? I've, I can't say that I've had <laughs> old style or old English. Not my, not my usual beer oh, consumption. My man over here is trying to talk about old English beer and never even had any. Well, I'm talking more about old English on the can where they're saying L-I-T-E. That is not... How I would spell light. Mm. Hate that. Hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, Miller is no good. I hardly even know her. But I tell you, I know her enough to Budweiser. That's for sure. You know what I'd say about Bud Light, though? It's good. It's always good. It's like, it's like hooking up on a kayak. <laughs> oh, yeah? And why is it like that, Thomas? Because <laughs> it's fucking close to water. Thanks for uh, ruining the PG-13 <laughs> aspect of the show for that. Okay, now we are an adult podcast, mm. just like Joe Rogan. You keep going back to this Rogan. There's nothing wrong with Rogan. I hope he's listening to this right now. He probably is. He seems like a man that listens to every show. I, I, I highly doubt that. I'm going to send it to him. You might add him on Twitter. Or you might add him on the FB. Uh, you might even add him on YouTube on all these I should add him. Platforms. How do you add somebody on YouTube? Uh, you can just at their profile, I'm sure. Send them subscription notifications. You might be mm. able to find his YouTube's Google email and send it to him. I probably could find his Google account from that. I don't know. Interesting. But you know what you won't find? A poll that could have told us that Joe Biden in the early results today... Is going to be fifth place in New Hampshire. Oh. Right now, these are the early results. I, I, but you know who could have told you this? You can ask the people at my office because we were doing a little, uh, not not gambling per se because there was no money riding on it, but it's for bragging rights. And my board went as follows. Bernie, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, uh, uh, Pocahontas, and then Joe Biden. <laughs> and... Um, that is the is early that results. Is? Let me see that. Those are the early results coming in. I mean, it's these are way too early results, but 
I would be shocked if this doesn't hold. The only thing I can see changing is Clomentum, Amy Klobuchar. Uh, she she mm. threw enough rocks at her staffers that they were working overtime. I mean, they they, they, were they would probably all morning and all night. She really brings a a, a new feel to the term rock star, <laughs> and a new uh, functionality to a comb. Uh, if you if you heard about this, she used a comb as a fork. Did you hear about this, Jake? Yeah, I heard about the comb fork. That's uh simultaneously very in and out of touch uh i think it's more out of touch i think it's more crazy than uh because like you know i don't think the people are just going out of their way do you think they call her crazy amy i doubt that because we already have crazy bernie i think um i don't know what they call amy klobuchar i i hear a lot of people call her a moderate but uh that's a lie her, her voting record doesn't support that. Um, that's what people keep missing out. Just because you don't go full Bernie Sanders socialist does not make you a moderate. And the fact that we've gotten to that point is uh, a little surprising. Yeah. The term moderate and centrist doesn't actually mean anything anymore. It just is really um, a gauge on how often you talk about universal health care. <laughs> and uh, free college. Those are the things. Those are the. Those yeah, are if the you things. talk about those two things, you can be a Republican attorney your whole life and defend some big corporations, and then later in life, all of a sudden, say, "Hey, you know, I'm tired of cashing in on my uh, fake Native Americanness. I'm going to run and steal all of Bernie's plans." She actually went reverse Native American uh, because it was like reverse col- colonialism uh, where she claims to be the one oppressed, but really she's doing the one stealing the land. And by land here, we mean Bernie's ideas, pawning them <laughs> off as her own. <laughs> That's true. I think, any, you know, really these days, anybody that tries to be a leftist is mostly stealing Bernie's ideas that he had since like the 50s. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the man had his honeymoon in, in, in the USSR. I mean, uh, it's it's great over there. Sure, I'm sure it's a beautiful place. I've never been, um, but the fact that he's going out of his way to like you know celebrate Both with Bernie and Donald Trump hanging out in the USSR back in the USSR. That's two Beatles references. Oh my gosh! In, in two episodes in wow. a row. <laughs> too much. Too much. <laughs> You don't like the Beatles, Thomas? I do like the Beatles. I do like the Beatles. Uh, when I was a, when I was a kid, um, we had a a disco ball in our house of all things. It's one of the things I was most mad at my mom for giving to the thrift store because uh, she hates having clutter in the house. So she decided to give away the disco ball. She goes, "You and your brother haven't used this thing in years. It doesn't mean we didn't want to. We used to listen to the Yellow Submarine." Oh. Wow! See, this is this is that Boulder lifestyle that uh, they don't talk about. Um, Yellow Submarine is a big Boulder, Colorado. I, I would say, type of I would activity. say, if your parents let you listen with a disco ball to the Yellow Submarine, you're probably in Boulder, Colorado. Mm. Yeah, my, I, you know, I think uh, I don't think my parents have listened to a single Beatles song in their life. Really. Maybe you know I think my mom she uh, she told me that she didn't like the Beatles so she must have listened to one she must she mu- she must have only listened to the White Album 
Wow, a weird t- weird take. Which you is don't like also the, the album. album that I like the White Album. I think the White Album is yeah, awesome. That's but um, whenever I was, um, I, I guess I was like, I was probably fifteen. I bought a, a CD version of the White Album. It was the first Beatles album I ever listened to. Hmm. And uh, I think she told me that she didn't like that one. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which and that's also a great. Uh, Circle back to the back in the USSR reference. It's uh, number one track on that album. Still, uh, no, like track number one. No, I'm I'm talking about. Uh, it's still the messaging that MSNBC uses every day. <laughs> how it how is. has Trump's approval rating gone up so high? It's because uh, you know he's getting some foreign interference from the USSR, or so they'd have you believe. That's true. Do you think somebody's coming in the house? Do you think uh, MSNBC is paying? Royalties for uh, for to the Beatles for all of that for some Russian collusion. We've got a man coming up our stairs here. Is Jay Breezy on the line? Jay Breezy. Jay Breezy got um, himself a number twenty three Bulls jersey on. Represent my man, the best twenty three. Uh, LeBron's better, but I, I to be fair, LeBron did wear six for a little bit, and during his six years, uh, he was better. I would say those were probably prime LeBron years Definitely when he was younger. on the Heat. Oh, yeah, that he was, was younger. LeBron was just a little guy when he was wearing that. No, but that was, but that he was, was more explosive. Time. He's that a better he's <laughs> a better shooter now. I will Le- say LeBron I, is a huge man. At that time, he was a little boy. <laughs> LeBron betrayed me at one point this past year. Uh, he <laughs> I mean, I've, I've I've been a LeBron fan since the beginning. I mean. Just the the character on that guy. You have to think the man is high character. And here's what it goes back to for me. He could have had any woman in the world, but he married his high school sweetheart and by all appearances is a great dad. He's at every sporting event. He's watching the kids, cheering him on. He is the ultimate sports dad. Uh, but then he, but then he's going around making these comments about the Chinese and protecting his market <laughs> shares. I mean, the kids got to eat, and uh, when you're when you're putting so much food in the mouth of babes, you you really gotta keep the China checks rolling, I guess. Uh, yeah, he's got mouths to feed. He's well, he has to feed the entire city of Akron, Ohio. He's got his he's got his charter school. Right. Another another big victory. We got. Someone that's saying, wow, maybe these uh, government schools don't really provide the best options for the people. Uh, that's that's really what I take away you from know, that. You know, I really like that it's a member of the minority community saying that even. Because they're the ones that don't get to go to good schools usually. And so uh, it, I saw this in St. Louis. Actually, when I'm, now that we're on charter schools. Sorry, we're, we're not talking about LeBron anymore. We'll, we'll come back to him. Uh, I saw an article in St. Louis. There's this charter school that is um, s- delivering the best test scores out of like, any other school in some kind of competition. And uh, the CEO is this like guy from the streets. He's got like long black dreads. He wears like a suit every day, and he just goes in and it's like with the kids. And he he's uh, he's seen the negativity that comes from the from the inner city public schools. He's doing a, he's doing something good for him. I th- I, li- I like to see that. And LeBron. Good for him. Good for LeBron. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we want to talk charters in, in Missouri, 
uh, every year that I was in the legislature over there uh, as a Thomas is a policy expert. He formerly worked uh, formerly in the uh, Missouri legislature. I don't know if yeah, you heard that last um, episode. I don't have any loyal listeners yet. <laughs> uh, just, just in case. Just want to say that um, parental satisfaction among charter schools is so much higher than these government schools. And it's so crazy. Missouri, there is an active waiting list for almost all of these schools. The school you probably just talked about probably has a crazy long wait list to get in. Um, the, the, I mean, 2014 survey, I just pulled it up. Nearly 60% responded that the public schools in Missouri are fair or poor. In the same survey, 15% of school parents indicated that they could select any type of school, including private schools, in order to obtain the best education for the child. They choose a charter school. But this this uh, charter school in Kansas City has a waiting list of 700 students in 2016 to 2017. So what what does that tell you? When 15 percent of all parents want to send their kids to a charter school, and you have a wait list of 600 to 700. And that parents at these places say that their kids are having a better option. What does that tell you about charter schools? Should you expand them? Or? We need more of them. You know, how do you get through a waiting list at a charter school? Do you have to wait for 700 kids to drop out or wait for them to make space for 700 more kids? I, you know, if, based off the rules in a lot of these states, it's the local school boards that have to approve a new charter school to come in. So you... You're, you're, uh, there's even a movie made about this called Waiting for Superman. And the whole story of Waiting for Superman, it takes place, I think it's either D.C. or New York, but it's one of the worst school systems. And the whole point of the film is to show there's these parents. They have a lottery. Every student has their name in this lottery. And if you're the lucky one that gets pulled out, maybe you're going to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And think, think how sad that is, that these parents know... You gotta win the lottery. You have to win the lottery to get a decent public education. And this isn't even to say, and th this is the most uh, outrageous thing, there's charts out there that show how much money we've been putting into public education year after year after year, and what are the results we're getting? They're stagnant. In some cases, they've even gone down. We have these we have these diploma factories, not even schools anymore. And if you look at the statute in some of these states, which I have done, they don't even call them schools; they call them attendance centers. Attendance centers, yeah. Do you remember um, the the scam the St. Louis public schools were running in like 2012? They were. Um, you probably wouldn't actually. I don't know if you would. I, yeah, um, I'm not sure if I know about this one. Yeah, so they were all forging their attendance sheets. Because to get money. Yeah, because yeah. money. Uh, and, and so, like, it was like, and they and nobody, they didn't care if the kids went to school or not. They were no. just making it up. Well, so who, <laughs> who, who's really in charge at the end of the day? It's these unions. It's these teachers. The teachers unions. unions and strangling it, our children. And if you want to see who has the political clout in these state capitals, look no further, further than the school board administrators groups. These school board administrators, I mean, God, these administrators have some clout. They scare these rural district reps so badly. They say a charter is coming to your town and now there's not going to be a school anymore. 
that has never happened. Everywhere there's a charter, <laughs> it's because there's there's opportunity. You wouldn't put a charter somewhere that it couldn't support it. I mean, that'd just be bad business. That wouldn't work out because the whole point of it is to it, it's it's like a business that also educates the children. And so there's benefits to keep to keeping your kids educated and showing everyone that your school was good. And right. If there if there was no market for that, they would not survive. Right. Uh, uh, the perfect example of charters is uh, Florida with Jeb Florida. Bush. Jeb Bush really started the trend in the early 2000s. Charters charters though were were invented around 1991 was the beginning of the charter school movement. Um, and Jake, as you see, this is straight off the dome. This is knowledge that it has been uh, so willed into me. I can just tell you that. But what Florida has that other states don't, they have like college fairs. Jake, did you ever go to a college fair? No, I, I, like I, I visited a college. Um, I didn't. Is it? What do you mean a college fair? So I used to go I, when I was in high school. I went to these college fairs. And they'd have a rep and they would have all this literature and you'd walk around and you'd see all the options of where you could spend all your money and take out loans to go, you know, or maybe you get a scholarship. Who knows? But it was just the opportunity for all of these schools to try to recruit you when you're going in the public education system. Is anyone trying to recruit you? No, you're you're born in a zip code. You die in that zip code if, if, they, if they can if, get a hold of if you. If they want you, yeah. If, if they have anything to say about it, you will die in that zip code, yeah. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing that Florida charters have. They have these college fairs, but they're not for colleges. They're for charters. They're for uh, magnet schools, which are a form of public schools that are just specialize in certain things. They have charters that are so good that they just specialize and people that have uh, some sort of slight, um, here's an example, ESAs, English Second Language, ESL, ESA, uh, ELL students, English language learners. You know what they have going on? They have schools dedicated to just finding the best teachers that can teach the Hispanic students and get them back on track. So they're at or above the same grade level as everyone else it's amazing isn't it i mean that's just spectacular jake that is outrageously spectacular thomas and i love to hear it um so you're telling me that magnet schools are bad no magnet schools no. are great charter schools are great uh, private schools are great uh, if you had this thing called Title One portability with the federal <laughs> education oh, dollars, Title One portability, yeah, uh, is that would, is that a fancy name for a voucher program? It's it's a way <laughs> of using of leveraging federal dollars for the most at risk kids to go to schools that might provide them an opportunity. Ah, that is what Title One portability is. You won't hear about that in the news media. <laughs> you won't. You will not hear that. You'll on just CNN. hear about how. Oh, they want to bankrupt your schools by going with public, taking all the money away from public education. No, it's creating competition. What market is not better by competition? Well, I, well, there is, you know, that, that you're right about that. I, I, I do struggle sometimes with um, equating education with um, commerce, right? Like, um, because I because in in a in a commercial environment often like pretty much until like the the whole system is finished there are going to be people on the losing end of the deal 
and I don't think that people that are in the education system should ever be forced to be on the losing end of any kind of deal. Even though that's totally what happens now with the way the teachers' unions like lock people in their zip codes in their school districts. I, I mean, it's it's almost predatory, and it's it gets so bad when these schools have these uh, these unions fight for this teacher tenure stuff, where oh, yeah. they make it so hard to even fire the teachers. They call it the dance of the lemons every year. Every school gets rid of their worst teacher, and in comes the worst teacher from the other government school coming in. <laughs> That's right. They, they, did, they dance they, them around. They, they, they send them <laughs> around. That is the truth. No, the government holds on to bad employees. That's for sure. We all know that. Yeah, but, but why do they have to do it? And it goes back to these unions, usually. It generally is the unions. You don't, like... It is possible to educate without being in the union, but it's impossible to be a teacher without being in the union. Yeah, I mean, uh, they force the arbitration agreements onto these teachers. Collective bargaining, you can't even uh, argue that your your contract is going to be. Uh, they even make it so bad that after the Janus decision, have you heard about the Janus decision? It was last year, it was one of the major Supreme Court decisions of our time. Janus? Yeah, the Janus decision was right to work. You have a right to work as a public employee without joining a union. Oh, so, so that was like in Wisconsin? I'm not sure if it was in Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin had their big union Yeah, that was like Scott, Scott, that Walker was like Scott Walker's thing is he got rid of public sector compulsory union membership. Uh, okay, exactly like that. But it's, a, it's, a, it's across the country now because of this Janus decision. And the Janus decision's huge. So what has every single state done recently? They're undercutting the Janus decision. They're going to say, well, they may have ruled that you don't have to be part of union, but you still have to pay for your representation that you didn't ask for in these collective bargaining agreements. That, oh, the unions actually fought to make the collective bargaining only their job. They're the only ones able, contract, and in the statute, like contractatorily, they're the only ones that can argue for the contracts. Yet here they are saying, well, since they're arguing for you and you don't, you're not part of the union, you still have to pay them. Or uh, they're making it so bad. When you become a teacher now, uh, in some of these states, the unions get your home address, your cell phone number, your home phone number, your personal email, along with all of your work information. They know when you're getting to school. They know when you're leaving the school. If that's not just asking for some union thugs to come beat you up or intimidate you and shake you down and make you be part of their union, I mean, this is just thuggish behavior that's been happening post Janice decision. It's a different world. Indeed, that's one thing that you got to watch out with unions. Now, there's some not, there, unions generally are don't they don't have to be bad. Uh, they've just taken over the system and made the worst aspects of them very apparent. Unions don't protect good workers. That that's the thing that people people think the worker is standing up for for the man and the workers' rights, but tell that to those teachers that are working their asses off trying to do the best they can, but they're not going to be recognized for it because these union contracts don't allow them to negotiate for better deals. Right, I, you know, and I don't really, you know, I see people when you're in the union. I think. A, a lot of people get that about unions, um, even members. 
uh, of of various construction unions and pie players. You remember the pie players union, is that right? It's the only union I've ever been a member of. I gotta say. Yeah. Um, um, uh, and they, but they, they always will support the union, and I've and I've always heard their arguments. I, I often get cornered in bars. I must I must have an anti-union sort of look to me. <laughs> um, but they always, honestly, you look a little construction worker. That's what I always thought. I thought I had like a working class vibe. Oh yeah, I, I would see. I see union people stay away from me. I think I uh, scare them. You're off. obviously not in a union, and and proud to be. <laughs> I, I come from a long line of union haters. My my grandfather was an attorney in New York. My great grandfather was a was a uh, New York City attorney. That all he did was uh, it was a giant mill, and he was the attorney that went against and negotiated against the unions. So I have a long line of anti-union because, you know, we just see through this stuff. It's in my blood. And I have got construction worker in my blood, and it's full union all the way through 100% of the time. And I've never been real a big union guy. The only time I've ever been in a union, um, I was uh, I was a dishwasher at a state park that I left that job to go work at McDonald's, which was much better. But I was working minimum wage, paying union dues, getting no benefits out of any of it. But I had a card, local, it was, you know, it was 368 or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what union it was. There's not a dishwasher's union. I guess like a state employee's union, maybe. Um, but I was just pretty much forced into it. I remember on the first day, the boss came up to me he's like you're in the union now gave me my card and then that was all and i remember another thing about it and they took 45 dollars out of my check every week i and, i hate that, <laughs> uh, uh, that that's that's exactly what happened to my cousin when he was uh he was like a freshman in college you know he had a part-time job he was working in the like meat packing well not like meat packing oh, like, the meat packers the, the, union all no right, no upton no he was, all right, did you go, you go to school with upton sinclair <laughs> not meat packing he was in the meat department at a grocery store what an animal and uh he was pissed every week he's like wait so i have to pay this much in taxes and then oh i also have to pay this much to a union what has the union done for me nothing at this day and age, how much does the union do for the man in the back of the grocery store? It doesn't do anything. But uh, the, the, what I would, one thing that I have noticed, uh, it is very important uh, for people in construction. Uh, my so my my stepdad is a big union guy, huge union supporter, conservative, votes Republican these days, but previously would vote Democrat just because of the union. But he's certainly not going to support anybody that supports right to work. Um, and I've heard it all from him. You know, he's like, the price of milk is not going to go down if we get rid of unions. I'm like, well, you pro- they probably won't. No, but, but the price of construction would. Well, it would. It would. And but uh, the uh, one thing that I that he he told me this was this actually kind of changed my mind on unions a little bit. So he's moving to Tennessee, which doesn't really have a lot of union labor. And no, they do. They do great things in Tennessee. I've been he, in, I've been impressed with what I. He see said that he was talking to a construction crew. They were. Working on, they were. Either, I don't know if they were working on his property or what what they were doing. But uh, he asked the guy, "He's like, what does that guy over there driving that bobcat make?" And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, fifteen dollars an hour, which is outrageously low, especially if you're if been in a union your entire life. Construction jobs. You're used to making forty an hour, right? Yeah, and that's and that's the union. That's what the union gets you, right? And so these people that 
go from making $40 an hour with their union job and then go down there and start making like uh, less than half of that. Like they, they, they've got a reason to support unions. Yeah, if you're if you're a and part of, of the course, union, and of course that practice is bad for the economy. Construction, the price, you know, the the market dr- would drive the price where it, where it needs to be. Of course, um, if if all things are equal, but you know when you when you got fifty states and some of them have unions, some of them don't, then it's it's impossible to tell what would happen. Yeah, but uh, it, it was pretty bad the other day. So I I was just furious. I was. I was in Alexandria. I was in a car with some people, and we were waiting for this road. That's Alexandria, Virginia. And, and yeah, Alexandria, Virginia. And we're we're waiting for this construction to happen on this road, and we we just want to pass through. They had one lane shut down, one open. Right. They had like eight people there. A sign holder that said "slow" and "stop," and then on the other side there was a bunch of people, and then there was really just one guy actually doing anything that looked like he was changing the road. And so I so changing I, the road. Yeah, you know, the just actually had, the working. Ro- the road had an accident. <laughs> right. Just actually fixing the road. There was one guy. And so I pulled up on my phone Alexandria, Virginia, prevailing wage. And I could find to a T what each oh member God. of those people made per hour. What a dork. And it, no, this is this is what I can do. And uh, <laughs> this is what I'm trained. This is what to we're find. allowed to do as citizens. <laughs> and some of these guys are it's like thirty three dollars an hour to do all this to, to be the sign holder, you know, and. Uh, uh, that that's just ludicrous. I mean, you can find some sign twirlers. Have you ever seen a good sign twirler? They could be doing flips with these signs, and it would be so much better. And uh, I would rather them just install a light. <laughs> we don't need anybody right, to hold right, the right, sign. Right. <laughs> oh gosh, if you want to go crazy, uh, you start looking at these union things in states. Uh, one of the things I saw is there's all these. Uh, you know how trains are mostly autonomous these days. Yeah, what is goes? What is involved in driving a train? There's, there's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. could, they could be completely. Wait, so you're right telling now. me that there's not somebody back there in overalls shoveling coal into, <laughs> into, a, into a stove? I would respect that profession Just a lot. B- dusty. <laughs> uh, but here's how bad it is: they have mandatory train crew sizes. In a lot of these states, if you want to be on a train, one of these automated trains, you have to have a mandatory staff of three. And that's that's any any train. Well, you got a guy places. in the front, guy in the back, man in the middle. Yeah, well, you're paying them to stand. <laughs> and you're well, paying them a lot of money to stand. Does this include the person that checks the tickets? Uh, no, that would be a different man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe. We're talking about freight trains. There's no passengers on these, we're, we're on just, these we're trains. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are they doing? <laughs> 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 Sitting in the boxcars. Box, the, remember the boxcar books? Box, oh, yeah. The boxcar racers. That's I, no, right. That's no. a band. That's a band. I love <laughs> boxcar racers. That's Tom Long. Long. <laughs> <laughs> I love some good boxcar racers. The box. This vacation's useless. <laughs> This is a music podcast, everybody. We've got Beatles, Blink-182. <laughs> well, did you know? <laughs> There's Beatles and Blink. 
Um, I was actually going to make a Blink-182 reference earlier. That's hilarious. Well, we're not <laughs> referencing Blink-182. We're referencing Boxcar Racer, which is a different band it's with a the side same project. guy. It's, no, it's not a side project. That the, he made Boxcar Racer after he got kicked out of the band the first Angel time. As Angels and Airwaves. Now, that's a side project. Angels and Airwaves is a side project. If we're and, talking Tom um, DeLonge. And then, yeah, so after Tom DeLonge was kicked out of the band, they became uh, – there was Boxcar Racer and uh, – Plus forty four. Oh, I wasn't that just Travis Barker just pounding on Mark, a drum. It was set? Travis and Mark. Mark. Mark Hoppus. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. Um, I so what was their song? When the heart, when your heart stops beating. Yeah, I, I couldn't get into their stuff. You know, I I think I'm a Tom DeLonge truther. I, Boxcar Racer was great. Um, Angels and Airwaves has been great. <laughs> I like Angels and Airways. They got a, they got new stuff, which and and it's good. Did oh, you, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. Have you listened to their new stuff? They have um, they put or the, I, I hear them on the radio. I don't know. I'm not really up on their on their on their thing, but they they played. They went on a tour recently. I know a couple. I saw some friends on Snapchat wow. at the at the Silver wow. Spring show. Yeah. Angels and Airways is back. Well, that's because Tom's got his all his money from solving the aliens. So you mentioned Joe Rogan earlier. One of the only times I saw that, it was just Joe Rogan getting angrier and angrier at Tom DeLonge. Oh, yeah, that is an all-time Joe episode. Rogan hates Tom DeLonge. I mean, uh, uh, he was having none of this. Do you hear him? It, Tom, he was, Tom was trying to tell him. He's like, yeah, there was a secret guy in the CIA, and he had me meet him at this restaurant in the air, terminal at the airport, and he was going to tell me stuff, but he didn't say anything. He just slid an envelope across the table. And Joe Rogan is to just Tom fuming. Just like, DeLong? shut up and give me the story. What did, what did it say <laughs> in the envelope? <laughs> and Tom's like, no, I can't tell you. You have to check it out on Ancient Aliens. Oh, gosh. Oh, he's got a whole organization. Just plug in his own he's show. He's like the leading. Let me see. Let me pull this up. I don't have a Jamie for me, but he's got a. Let me see. What is his organization? Where is our Jamie? I don't know what happened to him. He's got that Jordan jersey on. That's not yeah. He had a Jordan jersey, Jordan Bowles jersey, on, and he just went downstairs. I'm looking this up. Tom DeLong, aliens. <laughs> oh, now we're getting a text from. Yeah, we got Jay, our fake Jamie down there is j- j- listening. Just angry because <laughs> we're shouting through the middle of my house, and he's just. <laughs> oh my gosh! Let's see. What is this? What is this called? Will you see this? This is hilarious. Na- this is a whole article. Here we go. September seventeenth, twenty nineteen. Navy acknowledges existence of UFOs for the first time, and we have Tom DeLong to thank. Wow. Here it is. He's got this thing. It's called DeLong's UFO Research Academy. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I want a phony degree from. What is that? Three years ago, Tom DeLong hung up his pants and jacket and quit Blink-182 in, in order to <laughs> dedicate. That's their best album, though. Take off your pants and jacket. Iconic. Quit Blink-182 in order to dedicate more time to his UFO research. Wow. It appears that his efforts have not been in vain. Thanks to videos posted by DeLong's Research Academy, wow. the USA Navy has confirmed that aliens do exist. <laughs> Here it is. It's called To the Stars Academy. <laughs> and they have racked up a $37 million deficit. 
after just one year of operations. What on earth could they be spending that money yeah, on? <laughs> <laughs> they must be paying one of those prevailing wages. Uh, they must have union work. <laughs> they have, yeah, Tom DeLong has got pro-union tendencies, it looks like. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, he was also named UFO Researcher of the Year. Wow. Uh, I've got some. I've got some New Hampshire updates. That's what. Oh I've yeah. Got. So this entire thing is not about bands. We've been talking about bands, but we were supposed to talk more. We're supposed to be talking about New Hampshire, but it doesn't matter. This was this. We got some good stuff on the way there. We're but waiting on the on the results to come in. This could be like an NPR show. We could just be like. We're just, this could we're be like a three-hour dead air burning fest. This might be Pod Save America, but not insufferable. Oh, we're way better than. Um, I tell you that much. <laughs> we're just so much better than Pod Save America. Um, oh yeah. So uh, what's up with the New Hampshire? I just got this pulled up here. Uh, Clomentum is real, and uh, Biden. It looks like is going to end up in fourth, or as I said at the beginning, fifth. fifth. What are you looking at? I got CNN up here. Oh, I've just pulled up some live blog from uh, the Clinton News Network, CNN. Um, oh, so we're on the same. We're looking at the same thing then. Let me see what the Google Knowledge Graph has. Those guys are good. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to put on 538. Uh, oh, I love those guys. I I don't as much as I used they, to. They used to be amazing. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. As now they're a bunch knows. of hacks. But, like, there was a time when those guys were leading the charge. They, they actually, like, predicted everything correctly. They have great graphics, too. Wow. What does the upshot say? Let's look at the New York Times upshot. Well, listen. Okay, here, here I got some interesting commentary from the Washington Post here. Uh, Bernie, among men, 31%. Among women, 22 Buttigieg, he splits genders, 20 and 23 Klobuchar, though, she has the female vote in New Hampshire. 16% of the male vote, 25% of the female vote. And Warren, just 10 just wow, ten, that's just ten percent of the female just, vote. Really, that's, I saw an Klobuchar two point five times as much. Do you remember I was telling you about this last week? I saw a thing. I think I think it was five thirty eight. It was talking about the gender gap in like uh, preference in elections. Bernie Sanders and uh, Elizabeth Warren were the most polarizing among their their uh, the gender that they have. Right. So yeah. like, Sanders was like. 10% like, like plus 10% with men Bernie bros yeah and then Elizabeth Warren was like plus 10% with women everybody else was pretty much like one or two percent like not really a yeah. problem um, but like those guys were so polarizing so that is interesting to know that Liz Warren is collapsing or oh, complete collapse in the northeast I, I mean, what, what could be a worse collapse her or Biden the, oh, it's the Joe thing, Biden the biggest sure. wake up <laughs> call is gonna so did you see midday that Biden left left town like he full on left New well, Hampshire. He just went to Nevada. No, no, or? no. Uh, he's all in on South Carolina. Oh, so is Jeb. Because he <laughs> believes that he speaks to the black voter. And here's what his wake up call is going to be: No one speaks to the minority community more than Bernie Sanders. Because Bernie's not a fraud. We know what Bernie is. He's an outright socialist, and he's bad for a lot of reasons. But he's not a fraud. He's not going to pass some bad crime bill. This is a guy that was 
marching in the civil rights movement, getting our citizens arrested. You know, this is like Bernie was a part of that movement before it, it was like woke and cool to be. I agree with that. I never understood why Bernie Sanders doesn't have a lot of black support. I, I think it's been growing. I it has to it have has. been growing. Yeah, there's no way that it's going to be as low as it was against Hillary Clinton, who is an obvious racist. Like, what, why would we she... We look at the Clinton crime bill? Are yeah. you kidding? The super like predator the, comment? Yeah, that, oh was in the, that was in the 90s when, like, everybody was racist, and um, they were especially... Spe- <laughs> And uh, Joe Joe Biden also at that time big uh, Washington guy, huge racist. And um, then even in 2016, Hillary shows up and she's like, "Oh yeah, I got my hot sauce with me down here in the South." Yeah, it was bad. Uh, if what? you want to see worse, uh, look at the uh, this is new stuff. The Bloomberg comments in 2013 to the Aspen Institute, completely def- defending uh, stop and frisk. Terrible he goes, policy. He goes, if anything. Uh, not, they were frisking too many white people, and it was disproportionate. Even though the stats were saying about all the black and brown people that were being abused by his complete and utter violation so of the Michael Fourth Bloomberg Amendment. So Michael Bloomberg is trying to say that he was wasting resources frisking whites when he could have been frisking blacks? He full out says that. <laughs> like, this is not made up. This is not just some attack ad. <laughs> this is real life. He was saying, you know, it's like, well, if you look at the statistics and my internal biases that say all brown people are bad, you should just be, you know, that is what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, and this is a guy who wants to try to reinvent himself as this woke candidate. The only support he has is going to be suburban moms who are tired of these guns. Have, have you seen what he's done with the Mommies Demand Action Group? Um... No, that sounds like a anti-gun operation. They they claim they're a pro-Second Amendment gun sense group. Gun sense. Yeah, no, these are these that are the things like that sounds like a bunch of nonsense to, to me. They would come to the legislative offices all wearing matching red shirts. You know, I, I I it's a little tactic. The tact is a little weird when you're just all wearing matching red shirts. I don't think that's the best look. No, you, you know have... you know who wore a bunch of red shirts? <laughs> uh, backup quarterbacks in the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that was and that was the that is the end of this. This was a good time, everyone. Thanks for listening to the second of a billion episodes. Retweet on Twitter, share on Facebook, YouTube. Send me a letter in the mail. Whatever you want, I will. Uh, Catch you another time.